Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Backseat GM podcast. I'm Ben Rauman. And I'm Zachary Spraduti. It's been so long. It's been about a month. We've been kind of lacking a little bit. I mean, not much has changed in the NBA. You know, the ball still goes in the hoop. You know, you may get one, two, or three points, depending on the scenario, you know? Right. And, you know, April basketball doesn't really ever matter, so we no. we, we didn't miss too much. Um, we are going to talk about uh, the play-in tournament today and do a little quick play-in preview, um, as well as a couple other news topics. Um, and then you can expect a full playoff preview uh, the next couple of days from us as well. This is just a little little teaser, a little appetizer for y'all. Um, how you been, Zach, since it's been so long? I've been I've been doing um, quite poorly, but you know, that's for a different podcast. I think we'll save that for the playoff preview. For like that playoff preview will be like a two and a half hour episode. Mm. So we'll we'll talk about everything there. This one's more of like a type we just want to get you prepped for the, for the plan. You know, this is going to be a tight one. Um, I will say um, happy for Ariana Grande. She uh, married Dalton Gomez. So that's, that's big. Um, so I guess that's, what's been up in the world since uh, we last talked, Ben. Poor Pete Davidson. Poor Pete. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, I, uh, since we last talked, I now have a job lined up. So that's uh, some good stuff on my end. That's why I've been. That's why we've been away for a little bit. I've been kind of occupied with that. You've been occupied with work, so. And you, back you're now. saying you, you're saying that this doesn't give you a stable income. Shock, shock, shockingly, this podcast <laughs> leaves a little bit to be desired in the salary hmm. area, but um, <laughs> we're working on that. We're getting those sponsorships. Lined yeah, up. we are. Um, let's get into the first bit. Uh, topic for today the kevin McHale, the part of the show where we talk about a beer that we've picked and popped recently uh, crafty hops with sneaky athleticism zach uh what's a beer that you've picked and popped there was this uh san arnold they don't have a consistent release schedule with their stouts i mean some companies do like goose island you know every december you're ready to line up ready to get your, your stouts san arnold just they kind of throw them out there and uh, recently, they graced the the shelves of a Russian Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. And this one was a little bit more unique because they also threw some cocoa nibs in there, mm. a little bit of coffee. So it was a little bit kind of a combination of all the different kind of stouts you could have: a coffee stout, chocolate stout, um, and it also has vanilla in there as well and bourbon. So it was more—it's kind of a kind of a utility stout, you know. You get, you get a little bit of everything. Kind of like a Ron Baker of stouts, you know? You get the three-point ball, you get the defense, you get the hustle. That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So it was really good. Um, some of the recent St. Arnold beers I've had, you know, a little bit, some of the limited releases, a little a little disappointing. Just a, just, a, just a hair, just a little underwhelming. This is this is a return to form. And um, I'm looking forward to what, what's next for St. Arnold. <laughs> That's good to hear. Uh, what about you, my man? Well, I am drinking uh, Foggy Geezer Hazy IPA. Um, It's a collaboration of two breweries, uh, one that I think I've talked about on the show before, Three Floyds. Um, Three Floyds simply refuses to miss um, with every beer that I've tried from them. they are doing a beer in collaboration with McKellar Brewing, um, and they call it War Pigs. That's the that's the collaboration company or whatever. Um, so the Foggy Geezer is super fruity. Um, it's got some dank notes to it as well, um, kind of like a dank, mix between like a dank West Coast and a New England with like some of the fruit. Uh, elements mm, super like uh, super crushable um definitely a good summer or spring to summer beer uh see the season that we're in it's a little it's a little late in the year for stouts but uh i did have a pretty good stout recently the prairie bomb uh that I checked in on untapped that was a, a rare 4.5 out of 5 for me um this one i think i gave 
4 or 4.25, so it's pretty pretty dang good as well. I'm pretty pretty liberal with my um, ratings and untapped. I, I'd say I'm I range between a 0.25 and 0.5 of both down on most beers. I get a little I get a little too excited. Mm. I, I usually range between 3.75, 4.25 for most beers. Um, it, a beer has to be actively bad for me to rate it lower than like a 3.5. So, yeah, I, you know, when you said Foggy Geezer, I thought that you were referring to like maybe uh, Bill Walton's like porno name or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was hanging out with my grandpa over the weekend. I was drinking one of these, and yes, uh, what it's called. I said Foggy Geezer. So, does that sound familiar to you? <laughs> he said uh, maybe this maybe maybe earlier this weekend I was playing golf about seven eight beers deep. I was a Foggy Geezer then. <laughs> I dust off the old foggy geezer. <laughs> but uh, let's let's go straight to our bonus fry baller. Uh, this is a bit of a shorter episode, um, but I still wanted to get the bonus fry baller bit in here because I'd be remiss if I did not mention Tony Snell's historic season, becoming the first player in NBA history to have a fifty fifty one hundred. Uh, splits season. So shot 50.9% from the field, 56.9% from three-point range, and 100% from the line. Uh, He hasn't missed a free throw since March 12th, 2019. He's 45 (laughs) of 45 from the line since then. (laughs) Some guys take 45 free throws in like a span of a week or two weeks. And he's he's done that in two years. Well, I mean, COVID, but I guess still. Um, yeah, he uh, not a lot of volume, but hey, he did on what? What's it? Efficiency. Minimum of hundred attempts, right? Mm-hmm. He's still wow, wow. Efficiency, baby. That's what it's all about. Uh, Maybe a little uh, buyout option for the Bucks. You know, people you know? Pe- people are talking about uh, you know Kyrie fifty forty ninety season. I'd argue Tony Snell, you know, not missing a free throw, <laughs> arguably more impressive. So. Um, that does it for the bonus fry baller. Let's transition into some news uh, recently. So, Chris Weber is being let go by TNT Turner Aww. Sports. Um, his reign has come to an end, uh, and then shortly thereafter, it was announced that Marv Albert is retiring following this season, uh, which may or may not have been a kind of a, a force out. I'm not sure he's getting up there in age, but uh, yeah, they're they're both uh, pretty famous for you know not knowing how to pronounce players' names or just completely you know misidentifying players on the court. I remember Chris <laughs> Weber in a game earlier this season, the Bucks playing the Sixers. He called uh, Chris Middleton Pat Middleton. Well, I mean, you guys, you got two, you know, that's, you know. Two wing, two wing players. I mean, easily right? mixed up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt your transition, um, but I'm going to do a little callback here. Chris Paul, barely missing uh, 40, 50, 90. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. He, he was yeah. a little bit under in, I think, two categories. Yeah. Field goals and three points. He led the league in free throw percentage for the attempts he took. But um, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, Chris Weber. You know, I've always liked him on uh, whenever they do the old storytelling with the TNT guys with you know Shaq, Charles, Steve Kerr, um, Reggie Miller, um, Smith, Steve Smith. You know, they'd go around the horn and talk about stories, and that was always fun. Kenny Smith. That always you know that was fun. But and he was always you know a good fill in on the Tuesday nights. But as an announcer. Oof. It was just it was just tough. It was a tough listen. It's just, it's just, just monotone mumbling under his breath the entire time. Long run on sentences that even he didn't know where they were going. <laughs> he let his personal bias like influence a lot. And sometimes that's fun, but when you're a national guy, a lot you know, a lot of appeal, appeal a lot of announcers audiences. do. Especially the color guys, the color commentators feel like they let their biases get in the way a lot um mm. marv just you know he's stumbling over every other word by the end of his career so it's probably about 
probably about time. About time for Marv. Ben, with no respect for legends of the game, both <laughs> on and off the court. Give me, give me some more Mike Breen. That's wow. That's what I want. 20 years, Mike Breen's going to be put out the pasture by Ben. That's right. Hey, wow. you know, when it's time, it's time. I guess when, when go, Harry go, Carey... Go out on a high note. Don't go out like uh, like Wizards Jordan. Oh, I still an all-star. <laughs> still have, Ben's, Ben's the kind of... He's like the Bill Belichick of, of uh, announcers. Like Harry Carey should have retired 40 years before he retired. <laughs> Chick Hearn shouldn't be in the rafters. Like all these guys, <laughs> according right. to Ben, should have packed it up long before they did. They eventually did. That's right. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. yeah. So, uh, losing two uh, high-profile national guys in the span of a week. Um, in I other news, cool. oh, go ahead. I guess. Uh, I guess it's like Clark Kellogg. Maybe. I mean, who who do they replace? I mean, is this? Uh, I don't know. The Shaq I mean, Collar game is. I mean, is it? Uh, Brian Anderson's pretty good. Maybe maybe they can get Brian Anderson to call. Wasn't he a pitcher for the um, San Francisco Giants? He had that he had that long beard. Was he? What, wait, are you, a, are you talking uh, about a while was, ago? That was Brian Will, Brian Wilson, I think. Oh, Brian Anderson. He does baseball. He does NCAA tournament. I think he does some NBA stuff for the for the playoffs. Um, hmm. but he, Sounds like he's not quite ready for prime time. Okay. <laughs> just kidding all right and, and what you got and chris weber was um <laughs> so lebron uh, I, you know uh-oh. we we had a you know a loyal listener of the podcast tell us that you know maybe we've been a little hard on lebron uh the last uh, and we can cons- we considered that you know we talked about it internally mm-hmm. internally we we had a focus some focus groups um we kind of you know went back to you know why we do this? Why why we why we do the podcast? And right. it all came down to reporting the news, you know, Repo- reporting unbiased opinions, um, objective facts um, mm-hmm. about what's going on in the NBA. Um, so you know, I think we need to set the record straight and say that you know we have nothing against LeBron, but he just puts out too much great content content. <laughs> weekly uh for us not to talk about him you know he's just he's a high profile guy and uh you know we you know he he, he's always in the news cycle so recently um lebron is in the news cycle for ripping the play-in tournament oh Um, come on lebron basically saying whoever came up with that shit needs to be fired you know that that was his quote um Whereas in, in March 2020, um, LeBron said, you know, you have Portland, you have Memphis, New Orleans, and Sacramento tinkering around there, you know, talking about the lower seeds in the West. So if there's five, ten games left, why not let those guys battle it out? Make them play each other all five games. Sounds like a really insightful, good idea, equitable. Yeah, player. and, you know, it You know, it was a success last year. People really liked it. Um <laughs> You know, the the one problem uh, this year is the Lakers are a seven seed, um, you know, and that that's by no fault of anyone. There's some injuries there, um, but, you know, you'd have to think that there's some consistency, you know, it'd be, it's a good idea then, it's a good idea now. Um, LeBron didn't see it that way. Uh, the Lakers will be matched up with the Warriors in the first uh Mm. round of the play-ins for the west uh and so the, the way the way the current play-in structure works now is you have the seven and eight seeds battling it out for the seventh seed and then you have the ninth and tenth seeds battling it out for the right to play the winner of the seven eight matchup to get the eighth seed so even if you're in the seventh eighth seed game and you lose you still have another chance to still make the playoffs you'd have to lose two games in a row right so even if lebron is terrified of steph curry which it seems like you know, oh. that's the case um, that's, that's an objective give, that's objective that's not uh, any there's no bias there at all no it's it's an objective no. fact like why else yeah. would he be making a big fucking stink about it if he wasn't fucking <laughs> terrified of stephen wardell curry the greatest shooter of all time um 
you know, LeBron has been spurned by Curry before. He probably has some demons that he hasn't fully, you know, exercised yet, um, that Warriors team. So I, I can understand, you know, being a little bit nervous. Um, but then, you know, if you lose, you, you play the winner of Grizzlies Spurs. Is he is he worried about John ja Morant, Popovich? I, I can't I can't even name a player on the Spurs that he would be afraid of. It has to be Pop, right? Well, you know, I'm going to I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I or Jakob Pertl. I agree with you, and on one part, I disagree with you on the other. You know, I I agree with you that LeBron cannot, you know, be inconsistent. That's this is like if Pat Mahomes. You know, when, when the NFL changes the schedule to the first, the top two seeds don't get bye weeks. It's only the, it's only the one seed that gets a bye week. It's like if Pat Mahomes comes out and says, you know, this is, um, this is, this is a great idea. I really support it. You know, the cream rises to the top, and then they are, they end up being the number two seed, and then they don't have a bye. He's like, ah, oh, this is horrible. You play, you play all these <laughs> games. You know, you're you're damn near the top, and and you don't get a bye. This is this is horrible. It's exactly like that, basically, and um, no, no, no one's faulting him for changing his mind. I mean, we change our mind every day. I mean, it's part of being human. But to not even acknowledge what you previously said and to be in, like, <laughs> whoever be, came up with that needs to yeah, be fired. To call for someone's job. Um, I mean, we're all trying to find the guy who did this. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as like demons with the Warriors, I mean. I think he did, but I think, you know, there was an argument in there whether Steph or LeBron was better. And then I think when LeBron blocks uh, Steph Curry's layup and then like talk back to him, it was kind of like, no, Steph, you, you're pretty good, but I'm still the king. And I think, I don't think he has any demons. All right. So he blocked a layup by a 6 3 guard. Wow. I think that, that moment as a whole, you know? Okay. Well, we'll see when Steph hits 12 of. 16 threes. Are you wait? Are you predicting the Warriors W? I don't know. We'll get, we'll, maybe we'll, uh, get to that. we'll get to that. Maybe maybe Draymond will lock up uh, that uh, <laughs> fraud of a center that they got there. Um, <laughs> AD. I'm just a hater. Yeah. Uh, oh God. <gasps> okay. The... Let's let's move on from the LeBron <laughs> stuff. On. You know, it's a sensitive subject for a lot of people, a lot of listeners. Um, we'll come back to it, but. <laughs> Let's revisit our preseason over-unders. The season has officially ended. Uh, If you guys remember, Zach and I did two episodes um, of full win total over-unders predictions uh, in the preseason. Uh, One episode was Eastern Conference. One episode was Western Conference. Um, So I went back and I looked at... I mean, Ben, we don't have to do this segment. I mean, I got... You don't think so? Uh, we can go right in the. This is more of a play and preview podcast, mm, you know. Mm. Well, I figured uh, you know this is just this is tying up some loose ends. Uh, oh, okay. We're holding each other accountable. I think it's right. I think it's important that we we talk about this. You know, we're we okay. are holding each other accountable. Um, okay. So, <laughs> I went back and I looked at Zach and I's predictions. Um, looked at you know all the teams we got right and wrong and then which t which bets that we placed uh and we agreed on um so it was unanimous uh and then looked at like how many of those we got right so um as far as my predictions for the over-unders i uh was correct on 56.7 percent of my predictions uh zach was correct on 48.1 percent Let's go. Uh, and as far as our unanimous picks, we were a solid split even, seven and seven down the middle, fifty percent. Uh, so you know, not great, not not horrible, not awful, not not actively terrible. But you I think know, it's respectable. I mean, if, if you shoot fifty percent in the NBA, you're a Hall of Famer. If you bat five hundred in the MLB, you're a Hall of Famer. If you hit fifty percent of your greens in golf, you're probably missing the cut every weekend okay but you're um, if, if you get 50 percent, you're breaking even so you know, yeah if, if people yeah. if people had listened to me they would have made a little bit of chunk of change uh if they'd listened to zach they might have lost a couple dollars uh if they listened well, to both know, of us and only listened to what we both agreed on they'd break even so um not the best I, advertisement we- for next year <laughs> but 
uh, <laughs> I think it's, it's a safe investment. It, you're not going to lose. You're not going to win too big. In, you know, in, in a volatile exactly. market, in a volatile world, we provide the stability of, <laughs> of a risk-free asset. <laughs> If you if it's it's like hedge funds if you if you if you bet you know if you spread your portfolio out a little bit and you know you, you bet on each over under you're probably going to come out either on top or a little bit you know j- just right about even with us so you know it's a nice small percentage that you might be getting back uh, in a year um, not too shabby. I will what was their biggest miss? I will there? say, okay, so yeah, let me let me get into the besides nitty- besides mine that you post on every goddamn social media. Let me, platform. Get, <laughs> let me get into the nitty gritty details. Right, I want I want to hear this of uh, some of this. So, uh, we did really well on the Eastern Conference. I, I went through the Eastern Conference first and tallied it all up, and I'm like, wow. Zach and I are hitting on like 75% of these. Like this is, Oh my God. People are going to be making bank. You know, this is a great advertisement for next year when we, when we do this again. And then we got to the Western conference and (laughs) Zach, who was hovering around like 70, 75% correct. He actually went into the negative, um, went below 50%, uh, overall and got to 48, as we mentioned before. Um, Zach, a lot of injuries in the West. A lot of injuries in the West. Sure, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> Zach had, uh, and I quote, three lock of the year bets um, oh, in no, his I'll words. Um, Boston over, <laughs> Philly under, and Jazz under. Mm. He, um, <laughs> hmm. I don't so, think I had the Jazz making the playoffs. You, you barely did. You were like, just punch the, the, the biggest under you could ever, you know, imagine on the Jazz. Um, jazz end up first seed in the Western Conference uh, as, as many of you By know. default. By default. I don't, I don't know if it's by default. <laughs> I mean, Jamal Murray goes down at the beginning of the season. I mean, we have a whole different ballgame. I don't know. I don't know if we do. <laughs> Got hurt um, like three weeks ago. <laughs> I'm really... Uh, I really don't know if we do. Let me let me just play. You know, if you haven't seen it on our socials no. yet, let me just play a little clip. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, just a little <laughs> sample of what we had last year uh, uh-huh. from from Zach himself. So here we go. I also have the Celtics at number two on my big board. I think this is. I think you should bet if you have any outstanding loans. Any loan. I think you should. Take out more loans and bet the over on this. This is the lock of the year for Zach. This is criminal, criminally, criminally low for such a deep team that um, I think he's going to take a big leap forward this year. So that was regarding the uh, punching the over on the Boston Celtics. Um, I was talking about the Charlotte Hornets. Talking about how I was talking about the Hornets there, right? No, you're talking about. yeah, the Celtics ended 500 this season, 36 and 36. I mean, yeah, Marcus Smart injured, Jalen Brown was hurt, oh, Jason on. Tatum. I mean, oh, the whole on. team was hurt. Oh, you you traded with their best, their best defender of all time should be Daniel. Tice Jalen Brown played 58 games. I don't want to hear it. Tatum, he, he Tatum played, played 64. Of, Smart they didn't play played, the games that mattered. Smart played 48. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> They didn't play all together. Though. I don't want to hear they, excuses. They staggered it. They staggered. Okay. <laughs> no, honestly, objectively, looking back in hindsight, it's a terrible pick because every East team got deeper. So, um, and Boston really didn't. Yeah. So, and Kemba's regression, uh, or just or just regression to mediocrity, was um, I didn't predict that. Yeah. But um, I hit the under on the Celtics. Um, oh, good for you. Yeah. That's so, it. so if you. You know, if you listen to me, you might uh, have a little <laughs> bit more success. I, I also want to include um, Zach. Uh, if you went to the back to the Eastern Conference episode, said he'd be surprised if the Knicks win a game. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, the Knicks, saw fin- Julius- Knicks finish uh, just behind the Bucks, fourth in the Eastern Conference. I mean, Julius Randle was playing like a second team, first team All NBA player. So, and you know, I, I said there'd be internal improvement. Uh, you did. You did. I, I mentioned, uh, I believe Mitchell Robinson by name. 
I, I don't yeah, he, think, he didn't have that good of a season. I don't, I don't think I mentioned Julius Randle, but you know we're gonna throw it under the umbrella of you know my broader point. Uh, <laughs> hey, how about the Wizards? I got the Wizards. That was a good. That was a good call. You did. You did have the Wizards. I think we had that unanimous. I think that was a unanimous. Well, I, I think I said it first, and you kind of piggyback off of it. Okay. I'm just kidding. No, that's. I, I sounds like I hit well in the East, but I had I had some crucial. Yeah, you and I both were like really close in the East. I think I was like one game better than you in the East, and then we both tanked the West. Um, so what was our biggest misses in the West? Well, I mean, Lakers obviously. Well, I was huge. Injuries. I was huge on the Mavericks um, uh, to start the season, yeah. and then you had you had Luca at MVP, and you had um, uh, Carlisle. Carlisle coach of the year. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, <laughs> the Mavericks barely missed their over uh, i think it was by like half a game or something oh so that sucked it was like four i think it was like 42 and a half they won 42 um so i missed on that and then i said under on the nuggets um and they hit the over uh, by a couple mm. games um I, I we both missed on the lakers um, uh, yeah that's i mean yeah i think I, yeah we both we both missed on the yeah. lakers and then we both missed on the Warriors. We both had them hitting the under. Um, we were just so turned off by them. We were we had both had hope for them last year, mm-hmm. and then we were disappointed. Well, it's and just because the clay injury. Like we just just heard about the clay injury, and I I didn't yeah. know if they were going to shut down Steph or whatever. So yeah, like they did last year. That was part of it. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I was high on the Blazers. You weren't. Um, we both said the under for the Jazz, and they ended up first in the <laughs> West. So that. Wasn't great. Uh, I think we both had the over on the Suns. I think I definitely. I think did. so too. I definitely I, did. I think I did too. I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we missed a lot too on the the bottom, like the non-playoff teams in the West. Mm. Uh, you missed on the Grizzlies. I had the over, so I, I I I was right on the Grizzlies. We both were right on the Pelicans with the under. Uh, the Spurs, we were both wrong on. They We had the under for them. They hit the over by like four games. Um, we both were wrong on the Timberwolves. We thought they'd do a little bit better. Um, we were both wrong on the Kings. We thought they would do worse. Um, we were both right on the Thunder. Um, and then we were both wrong on the Rockets, but by much different margins. I had the slight over for the Rockets, and you had the Rockets making the playoffs. Well, at the time, you know, there, there was a lot of hope. There's a lot of hope. I don't think there was know? a lot of hope. You said even if Harding gets traded, this team is making the playoffs. That, that was what you said. I genuinely believe that. Like before the Christian Wood injury, we were we were competitive. Yeah, um, and then you lost 17 I, in a row. I, I think um, – Or something like that. I think Christian Wood had a phantom injury, and uh, we were scared about how good we could be. It was the shadow tank. <laughs> you know, the H, the H and H town stood for, for hope. It was, it was hope town for a little bit there. Mm. At, least, at least in my mind yeah uh that was uh-huh. <laughs> and now they're prime for a top pick yeah you know maybe you'll get Cade Cunningham yeah, maybe so be pretty fun yeah um so yeah uh overall <laughs> you know not the most promising results but it was a weird year you know it was a weird year um yeah some teams had the best historic offensive seasons of all time oh and then the east a couple things quick the fucking Raptors, man, screwed us both. Uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> they fucking suck. Um, and then we both had the Pistons being bottom of the barrel awful, uh, so we were right on that. Um, we both had the Hawks uh, as the over, and they hit that, so that was nice. Um, and then the Heat, I was a little higher on what the Heat, I think. I think you might have been lower on them if I remember correctly, but the heat missed my over by a couple games. Um, Cause they were kind of surprisingly shitty. Tyler hero had awful season. Yeah, he did. And then they had some injuries too. So do we hit on the Hornets? We've not, uh, but we're going to talk about them pretty soon. No, I mean, did we hit on the over under on the Hornets? Oh, um, let's see. That'd be, that'd be a nice, nice way to wrap it up. We predict the hot team. I think we were both, overs on the hornets i think so and we were right because you were you and i were both like high on the lamello hayward 
duo. Yeah, we were, oh yeah, yeah, we were. So, and then I was high on the Bulls uh, outperforming their predicted uh, win total, and I was correct, even though they only did it by a little bit. <laughs> hey, that's still money in the bank. Money in the bank. Oh, and then the Cavs kind of screwed me because uh, they missed their under by like half a game. Oh my gosh! So that sucks. If Delvadova didn't have fourteen assists that one game, then you also you also like copped out on like three of them and just didn't answer. So I I had let's assume I said under on them. I, let's just assume you had all the correct answers for those. Then you you hover <laughs> back up around fifty percent maybe. But you were, you just like either just said nothing, you just refused to answer, or you're like, don't bet on this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, sage advice sage advice yeah. sometimes it's better to put down the bunt take the base i had to calculate years out of 27 instead of 30 for all the teams <laughs> a little fuzzy math a little fuzzy math there um but let us transition into the final piece of the show today a uh, little play-in preview um so the games we got on the docket the next couple days um we got lakers warriors of course, previously mentioned, uh, Grizzlies, Spurs, and then Eastern Conference, we got Celtics, Wizards uh, at seven and eight, and then Pacers, Hornets at nine and ten. Um, so, Zach, predictions on these games? My prediction is pain. Um, do we want to go game by game, or do we want to? Um... Sure, let's let's do a quick game by game. Lakers, Warriors. Right. Lakers, Warriors. I gotta go. Lake Show. Okay. I think they're, I mean, they're healthy at the perfect time. I mean, they're going to obviously be determined. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, yeah, Steph's, I, Steph's a nuclear man. He's a, he's a, he's a Michael. I could easily see the Warriors just having a crazy game, like shooting and like bringing the Lakers to the wire and possibly squeaking out a dub. But if I'm going to guess, I'm going to say Lakers just because, I mean, the Warriors, uh, I'm not confident in them guarding LeBron and AD, you know? And the Lakers, like, they have some really good perimeter defense. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. this is where they shine is playoff playoff defense. Yep. So it's true. They're gonna lock it lock it in. That's true. Yep. They got some nice ways to contain Steph at least mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so I feel like you're backing off from from what you said earlier about LeBron, you know, being scared. Well, you know, it's it's whether or not Steph decides to go nuclear or not. And if he <laughs> does, true. then all bets are off. Let, so let's say let's say the Lakers win, Warriors make it to the next round. Winner of Grizzlies, okay. Spurs. I'm gonna say the Grizzlies are gonna beat the Spurs, um, just because you know gotta gotta throw some love John Morant's way. Um, I, th- I think they can pull it out. They've they've had a good season. Um, Warriors, Grizzlies would then be the pick. What do you, what do you think? Who do, who do you, who do you think is gonna win out of Grizzlies, Spurs? I think I'm gonna go with the Spurs. Okay veteran team you know john Morant may may try to do a little too much um but i feel like i'm chris weber saying that because um i don't really know these two teams as much as you know mm-hmm. i haven't really well, i haven't watched the full spurs game really except for some highlights here and there so i'm um, honestly surprised they made the plan uh-huh. um given their lack of just depth but i mean they got what this what's interesting is they they have their young players but they also have demar mm-hmm. and they have pop so they still have the the veteran presence but they also aren't an old slow team they're kind of a young unexperienced team led by veterans so mm-hmm. i think the grizzlies have better players if uh, i could be wrong but i think the grizzlies are technically better but i think the spurs um win win a grinded out game gotcha okay so I, and then warriors win whoever i think warriors win whoever plays i think they do too but i think the grizzlies would have a better chance against the warriors just because they've had like the top defense at one point in the league uh, this year, and then they had like one of the top offenses for a stretch too. So like, they can their ceiling is high. Like they can do it on both ends. It just you know it's a matter of putting it together. They got a lot of young guys, um, but in this type of setting where it's just one game, like you know it it, it could be a toss up. You never know. Um, you know it depends on how good these guys shoot the ball. You know th- that's kind of the beauty of the play, and it's really up for grabs which makes it you know really uh really good viewing experience yeah and some of these teams that play run and gun styles in, in the regular season they kind of tighten up and, and these kind of 
these elimination games. You saw that with the Rockets. They'd, mm-hmm. they'd run through hot in the regular season, and then when the game slows down, it's hard to run, and you get tight. You're not, you're not, your quick twitch muscles aren't firing as quick. And um, yeah. what, what benefited you in the regular season was speed. Um, hurts you now because you're not used to running your half-court offense as much. But. Yeah, whereas the Grizzlies just pounded inside like every possession in the half court, like they're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league at like floaters that like mid range, like kind of area. They got a number of guys who can uh, finish really well from there. So they, they make their bread and butter around the rim and then kind of in that in between game. So, you know, could possibly uh, be able to grind that out. Um, if the Warriors aren't hitting their shots, I'm going to go with the Warriors still just cause you know, I think they're the better overall team right now. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm assuming you, you said you'd have the Warriors over the Spurs too. I do, especially with Wiggins. Uh-huh. You know, at least having some good string, some good games together. Draymond's been pretty consistent all year, and in terms of being a facilitator, and the Spurs just can't go nuclear, mm-hmm. and they never had the last like four or five years. I mean, you got Aldridge and DeRozan. You can't. They're they're not microwaves. So right, you don't get that volatility of highs and lows. It's you know it's. So Spurs need that Jordan Clarkson type. The <laughs> Clarkson had like 33 last night, right? 38 he, maybe. Yeah, I think he had a 40 point game recently. Yeah, he had a hell of a game last night. Um, yeah, I don't know about last night, but I think recently he had like a 40 pointer. Um, so as far as the East goes, Celtics, Wizards, Pacers, Hornets. Um, I, I'm tempted to, Maybe take the Wizards against the Celtics. I'm all, in, I'm all in on the Wizards. Like, I mean, Jalen Brown is out now for the season. So it's basically Tatum that's leading your offense. Uh, and the Wizards, I think they've I think they've been hotter than the um, than the Celtics have recently. Oh, yeah, they've been super hot Let me lately. double check. Yeah, the Celtics of their last 10 have gone 4-6, and six, uh, whereas the Wizards have gone 6-4. and four. Westbrook's been kind of on a tear recently oh, yeah. with triple doubles and stuff. Um, you know, Celtics have just uh, not been good all this season, and then losing Jalen Brown hurts a lot. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the, I guess, maybe not the underdog, but I'm going to take the Wizards. Uh, if they have Jalen Brown... I'm taking the Celtics, but the Wizards, they're coming in hot. The one thing I will say about the Wizards, Bradley Beal was out with the hamstring injury for a couple games, came back, tweaked it a little bit, mm-hmm. but still grinded out the game um, So on Sunday. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if that holds up. I mean, I'm sure it will. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's, a, he's a freak, so he's a gamer. I think the Wizards just have this massive chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. and um, But, you know, is, is Westbrook going to do too much? But he's been doing too much all year, and it's been working for him. So um, he may have found that perfect balance again that he had on the on the Thunder that first go around by himself. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be. I, I think that's gonna be. A, I don't think it's gonna be a great game to watch. I think the Wiz. I mean, all these games are great games to watch. But I don't think. I think the Wizards are gonna win handedly. Honestly, I think it's gonna be like a fifteen point win. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think so. And then so. For Pacers Hornets, uh, who do you got? Mm. This is kind of a shit fest. This game. I think I want to go. <laughs> I think I want to go Pacers. Just more talent overall. Yeah, and um, I mean they have, uh, they've had a lot of injuries recently, but they've still gone five and five in their last ten games. Uh, Hornets have gone three and seven. Um, but. Let me look at the injury report for this game. Um, I could see Lamelo having like three quick turnovers <laughs> in the first. You know, yeah. I mean, Hornets don't have Hayward. Uh, yeah, don't have Cody Martin. Um, Do they have Rozier? Yeah, Rozier's should be playing. Uh, okay. Pacers have a long injury report. Um, it says it says Jeremy Lamb is out. Uh, Warren up for season. Miles Turner out. Um, and then Miles Turner's out. Yeah, and then mm. there's some game time decision. He's been out though for a, for a while, a couple weeks at least. Um, yeah, Malcolm Brogdon's a game time dis- decision with his hamstring. Uh, no surprises there. 
<laughs> Edmund Sumner is his game time decision with his knee. Sabonis game time decision with his quad. Oh boy. Aaron so Holiday right. game, this is, this Aaron is Holiday game time decision with the toe. I mean, I would assume most of these game time decision guys will play just because it's, you know, winner go home. Uh might as well. Unless it's like, you know, actively dangerous, but I'm sure they would play through it if they could. Um and Sabonis, I think, has been playing recently. I don't know about Brogdon when the last time he's played. Let's look. Um, okay. So he hasn't played since late April. Um, so it'd be a little bit more of a stretch for him to come back. But maybe he will. Um, I'm still going to go Pacers, too, just because uh, I think a lot of these guys probably will play. Um, and the Hornets have just been struggling recently. Uh, yeah. A lot. Um, another one of those teams that are run and gun team mm-hmm. games that matter are a little tougher for them. Yeah. Um, but I think either of those two teams are going to lose to the Celtics and wizards. I don't think they have a chance against either of those two teams. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, so it'd be Celtics Pacers. I think we both agreeing, uh, honestly, dude, like who, who knows with this one game style, type thing like i could totally see the pacers just like beating the life out of the celtics but i mean granted (laughs) the pacers have been going through locker room issues with their coach um and stuff celtics you know locker room has not been great either with brad uh and you know it's probably a pretty big morale hit to lose jalen brown for the season now like any hope they had of making any noise in the playoffs is probably down the drain now. So like, what are they playing for? You know, they're get to get knocked out in the first round by one of the top teams. I don't know. I mean, they'd be playing either the Sixers or the, the Nets. So they're losing to both those teams handily. Um, So who knows? I mean, I guess it just, at the end of the day, it comes down to who wants it more, but I, I don't know. I'll go Pacers for the fun of it. <laughs> wow. You're going to go Celtics though? Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't hype the Celtics. I can't have people bet their entire life savings on the Celtics and then pick the Pacers over them right now. So got to <laughs> ride the, got to ride the green machine. Ride the green machine. One more, one more time. I just think it'd be hilarious if the Celtics got knocked out of the playoffs. <laughs> maybe that's maybe my own personal biases uh, feeding into that a little bit, but uh, it's kind of a toss-up either way. I guess just some last thoughts on the play-in tournament uh, before we wrap this up. Uh, what you know? Do you think it's good for the league? Like moving forward in a non-COVID year? Yeah. I always I want to get to a point where they play. Um... One through sixteen, regardless of conference, but that probably won't happen. Travel schedules, and it's been this way forever. And mm-hmm. um, but you know when they move the All Star game to kind of a, you know, no more demarcation. You know, maybe a transition at some point. Um, but that's my. I don't think I wouldn't want this playing tournament in a non-shortened year. I think that seventh you earn your spot. But there are a lot of times in the West, especially where there's a lot of teams fighting for that eighth seed. So, I don't mind it. I, I like to see how it plays out. They, they've been workshopping this for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't. I mean, how do you not like more basketball? And that's what the, kind of the baseball did is they added a couple more interesting games at the end of the season. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, more it's meaningful a, basketball. It's effectively a wild card, but with lower yeah. stakes for the higher seeds. Like they have to lose two in a row to some of the bottom teams in the conference. Like if you can't win at least one of those games, do you deserve to be? in the playoffs at all to begin with. Like I, I personally, I like the play in a lot. I think it's a great idea to generate interest uh, with these lower, these lower seeds. Like they're going to be high profile games, especially when you get like, like you're getting Lakers warriors. Who doesn't love that? Like in, in, in these games, like Grizzlies Spurs, that's a fine game. Celtics wizards. Like the only one that like is, you know, underwhelming is probably Pacers Hornets. And a lot of that has to do with injury, you know? Um, you know, I think maybe they should never do like a nine and 10 in the East because the East just sucks cock. 
So mm. maybe this is a West only kind of thing. Mm. Maybe the West even goes uh, eleven you, through twelve. You gotta earn your spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, the, the maybe East... once the East uh, brings their win percentage up a little, a little bit. Exactly. I'd rather uh... do eleven through twelve in the West than watch uh, a <laughs> seven, seven and eight in the East. Just kidding. But uh, this this seven and eight's a good matchup this year. You, but, um, you just want to get rid of conferences altogether. Just one league. I, I just I think the, it hurts. I don't know. It's just so much more interesting. It's always like, what if, what if LeBron played in the West at the beginning of his career? What if Jordan played in the West in the beginning of his career? It's just, what he, Jordan would have had an easier time because the West was weaker back then, but LeBron would have had a more difficult time. So it's just like, I think it would help um, kind of like some of those questions that you have about who would have played who and who would have played where. I think, I think conferences are kind of archaic and especially with travel being quicker now but still you have cross-country flights even now so you have to do more of those cross-country flights so i don't know how viable it is from a travel perspective but i think it makes the most sense from a, a game perspective you 16 best 16 best teams yeah but going back to the plane real quick um yeah i do think that you know people are talking about lakers warriors is like could this be one of the most highly viewed games in the nba playoffs like if you're generating that sort of buzz, like I think it's nothing but good for the league. Um, and then another, you know, piece of this is, you know, the league has been trying to eliminate taking tanking forever. Um, and, you know, they kind of started taking steps with that by re kind of designing the lottery odds so that right. it's more, it's more of a true lottery uh, with the bottom grouping of teams and it's not necessarily the worst record that has the highest odds to you know get the number one pick and everything that's nice and then with this like you got those playoff team or those fringe playoff teams battling you know more to you know to get into that nine and ten range like so i think it encourages teams to you know not be sellers at the deadline as much and trying to like just rest their players in the last couple months of the season it it encourages you know especially these teams that are like you know haven't made the playoffs in a few years they've been you know they've been kind of in nba hell for a while like the opportunity to like maybe upset a slightly higher seed and you know, make the playoffs as an underdog, get some playoff revenue. Like that's a huge incentive for a lot of teams. And we saw it like at the deadline, some people were saying the deadline might be worse because of the play in tournament, because you got more teams uh, thinking they're in contention, wanting to stay put. But this was like, I think it was the most active deadline ever as far as players moving teams. Um, And a lot of that has to do with like, you know, reshuffling, trying to like, a lot of these teams like the Chicago Bulls or, you know, trying to, you know, ramp up and try to get enough juice to make a run at, you know, those nine and 10 spots, maybe not necessarily, you know, seven, eight, like what it would be in a normal year, but, you know, having the chance to like get a couple games uh, and where anything can happen, you know, and get vaulted into that. So I think, I think it's good for the league overall. I agree. I mean, I don't think AD and LeBron would have come back as quickly. They probably would have just wrote it out to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If they, you know, so exactly. And then that that adds a little see. drama too to the end of the season. Like, will the Lakers avoid the play-in, or will they have to, you know, play battle for their playoff lives against you know the Warriors and Grizzlies or whatever? Uh, Do you think if the Lakers weren't in this, it, it was like I don't know. Lasers, Warriors, that'd still be a good matchup. But Yeah, it would. I, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong uh, yeah. with a lot of these. Like, even Celtics-Wizards is interesting. Yeah, that's um, a good game. I mean, it's just, it's really the Pacers-Hornets that is less exciting because it's, you know... Just too... It, it's too injury-torn teams. <laughs> teams, you know? Like, well, the Hornets were... They were good. They were they were good for a while. The Pacers, you know, they've, they've just struggled with injuries all year. And they've still, you know, obviously been good enough to ninth in the east um and the grizzly spurs is two younger teams matching up it's kind of interesting so do you think that every year we'll always have at least one team that was like injury torn but could have been a first or second seed i think so i have to battle it out i think so i think that's kind of a dynamic that you're gonna get um because i do think that happens you know pretty often 
or you have like a team that's like a you know an underdog that you could see knocking off a top seed or something like that at the very least like thinking about the blazers last year people had them as like a popular pick to like give the lakers some hell um and then especially when you got a team like the jazz at the top you know this year like there's more room for uh you know upset picks there's nothing against yeah. the jazz but you know I'm saying something against the jazz <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh do you have any final thoughts on the plan before we wrap this episode no, up i think i think we had some good good thoughts there cool um so we will be back uh soon to give a full playoff preview once we have the seating all solidified we have the matchups uh we'll give our thoughts on you know some uh series to watch uh should be a lot of fun uh you can follow us on instagram and twitter at backseat gm podcasts uh or sorry at backseat gm pod um and then you can listen to us, of course, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, um, and then as well as Simplecast. Uh, we'll be, you know, posting about our episodes on our social platforms. Uh, thank you, Zach. It's been fun. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Ben. I miss talking to you. Uh, you know, talking like a month, so it's good to, good to hear your voice again. Yeah, we, we never we never talk to each other outside the podcast. This is the only opportunity. Um, 